There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me again here on WCN-TV. I'm Pastor Mike hosting today. My guest is author Nina Rosner, and she has been on with us before. Uh, you may recall that conversation. We're going to be talking about Nina's new book, The Respect Dare, 40 Days to a Deeper Connection with God and Your Husband. But while it's primarily geared toward women, this is something that... Um, Men as well, husbands would do would do very well to read through and understand the principles that Nina shares with us. You know, in a culture that encourages us to find our own happiness, to fulfill self, to give in to what brings us pleasure, I'm happy to see Nina saying that lasting relationships have to take a different approach. And that is so very true. In fact, she says, true selflessness is a reflection of God's character. That is so, so true. She says that the idea that men need respect is not just part of some formula, but an aspect of gender differences. Well, you can get yourself in a lot of hot water today when you when you bring that point up, that there are differences. You know, men are, are wired. We are made to protect and provide and knowing that we are appreciated by our by our wife is one of the primary ingredients to a, a very strong and lasting marriage. Now, in this book, The Respect Dare, Nina offers seven or 40, I'm sorry, 40 specific ideas, including some obvious ones. And we'll talk about that during the course of this conversation. Uh, Nina is the author of several books, the one we're going to talk about today, The Respect Dare, but also with all due respect. These can be found uh, at her website there. Thank you, uh, producer. They're available on uh, um, the Greater Impact website. They're available on uh, booksellers, Barnes and Noble, uh, Christian books. Um, and I would encourage you to go out and and uh, get a copy of this book. Welcome to WCN, Nina. It's good to have you back. Oh, thank you so much for letting me be here and talking with you. I'm really excited about tonight. Yes, this is this is a great book. I I uh, looked through it and I want to share as we we open, Nina. Um, this is from Why Was This Book Written, which I always appreciate having that either in the introduction or what was the motivation for writing it. Um, and here's what you said. This is page uh, 25 of the introduction. The Respect Dare is a book of dares. Now, I like the way that you said that. And and folks that have joined us, you, you'll see why Nina stated it that way and um, why that's a, a very important. Uh, could I call it a hook? I'll call it a hook. It, it'll it'll bring you in to, to the book. She, she says, we must actively dare to pry our fingers off of control, release our fears, and step into the unfamiliar, trusting God each step of the way. 
We dare to dream, dare to love, dare to guard our hearts, and dare to no longer wrap up our identities into the wonderful but sinful people in our lives. We dare to take our sense of self from God's opinion of us. Boy, that's a very, very important one for emotional, mental well-being is to understand what God says about you. We dare to obey his word and we dare to let go of the of the comfortable habits that do not work. We dare to risk being changed. We dare to trust God without knowing what the outcomes would be. Boy, that is so very true. So my question right out of the gate, Nina, was was this book, and, and I know and, and, and hope that you'll share some of this. This was um, each of these uh, 40 uh, dares, personal experiences from people that, that you know. Of course, their names have been changed in the book. And, but the, the, the essence of what you wrote was from real-life experiences, weren't they? Yeah, and honestly, um, half of them are mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no joke. Well, I get it. I get the their part, the challenge. Yeah, and and that is, and um, I smiled when I was reading that that paragraph uh, earlier um, because you, you listed the very first one. We dare to pry our fingers off of control. <laughs> Boy, that's a struggle, not just for. Uh, for, for women, but for men, it's a struggle for everybody to to let go and let God, as the saying goes. Yeah, absolutely. the The desire that we have to be right, yes, and to have an outcome, versus the wild, terrifying, amazing, beautiful <laughs> journey that He is, the Lord is. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that is so true. In in uh, nearly every context that I can think of. So, so I, I read something there. Most people um, have heard the idea that women need love and men need, need respect. Um, now the reality of it is that we all need a combination of those two things, but, but men lean more towards respect, don't they? Yeah. And I think for, as, as a woman navigating this, um, and having spent many years in corporate America and growing up in my father's radio station business, I I see men as um, amazing, wonderful creatures. I gave birth to two of them. Love my husband. He's awesome. And I have personally, as a mother, struggled with how to not mother my husband. Mm-hmm. That's a shocking reality that a lot of women don't have an awareness about, about it all. So we get bossy and controlling in our communication, which does not work with men at all. Hello. You can do that with girlfriends sometimes, but that's why the, uh, yeah, you're right. Gender differences. It's real. Biologically, we are different, yes. not just, you know, in the obvious ways, but the hormonal ways, the way that men actually connect relationally is based on a hormone called vasopressin. And with women, it's oxytocin. It's different the way that we bond. And we, if we don't have those awarenesses, we're just going about things in ways that make everything worse. Yeah. And we don't have to do that. That's, that's exactly right. We don't have to do that. Now, in the age, the day in which we live with, with all of the things that are going on, especially um, with what I would, would call the, the gender dysphoria and um, relationships between men and women today. Um, I just read a, a study a few days ago that was talking about um, the rise in the number of, of couples that are now cohabitating, the Christian couples that are now cohabitating. Um, that's changing the, the landscape for the church drastically. And, and, and I was wondering what your thoughts were on that and how, how would this, how do we reach people that are in that type of a situation? Yeah. And oh, I understand the fear. Like people are getting married later. Mm-hmm. There's few examples of a good marriage. Like I get it. And at the same time, the data is there, which shows that if you're living together, you have more likelihood of divorce. Yes. Well, why is that? Well, you don't have the covenant. You don't start your relationship with a covenant that carries weight. And um, that matters. 
and we we've actually had women in some of our classes that we've been this sounds so archaic in this day and age but we've sat down and we said what we're teaching you works if you have a covenant and because you don't you know you're missing out on so much blessing and this this covenant covenant has weight and so we need to and we we encourage them and i i've seen women in our classes actually go back to their live in love and say okay so we need to solidify this or we need to break up because if i'm not worth this to you and mm -hmm. and we're christian and this is what god says about it, if if that's not worth that to you then i don't think i want to tie my life to you and What's shocking and amazing and beautiful is the men rise up to that. They really do. But we live in this society where we're so easily offended and so afraid and walking on eggshells and just terrified of offending other people that we're putting up with insanity in the moment. And that doesn't need to be, we need to be different than that. And we can be, we should be. Yes. Amen. Well, I liked where you started the book. Uh, the first dare was expectations and, Boy, that's a biggie, and it's something that um, whether people understand it or not, I think they enter into a marriage relationship. Both genders enter into marriage relationships with um, a belief that the other person, um, they're going to make us happy. And maybe without even ever having that conversation about what our dreams or goals or and, and so we're we, we've we've got false expectations, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Nina, is that is that something that you've seen in in your study wow. and and research? It's it's heartbreaking, actually, because as little girls, we grow up watching those stupid Disney movies, <laughs> <laughs> and then as you're you know you're 17 years old and you're you know or 20 something, and you're hearing your mom listening to James Dobson, and so then you have James Dobson and the the whole family life today and focus on the family and all these people, they're telling you how to do all this stuff and you're exposed to all of it. And then you re meet this real person and you have no clue what you're getting into. And, and you think he's, because we've been wired, we've, our culture has taught us to look to other people yes. for fulfillment and satisfaction. And we need to do a better job as the church to help people stop doing the people pleasing live for God, not man, you know, that he is, and there's going to be conflict with that. Like you have to understand that none of this is going to be easy and that's okay. And you're going to, the grace and truth go together and truth sometimes offends people. And so how do you navigate that in love? So we don't have the right expectation at all for how to do marriage. I was one of them, right? Like I thought I was marrying James Dobson. My poor husband's like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I look back now. Kathy and I have been been married for nearly forty one years, and, oh, and and I know that there are there are some um, that have joined us today. I'm, I'm uh, looking at you. Well, I'll just call you over the hill. I know you and your wife have been been married probably longer than that. But I look back when we got married, and and we were just so blissfully ignorant of what, what it really was all about. Now we were, we were believers, uh, but we were young believers. Mm -hmm. And um, so I guess my point I'm trying to say is Nina, is that even believers um, because we've become conditioned by the culture uh, can enter into marriage, even though we're believers and we read the scriptures and we, we, we attend a fellowship and, and, uh, read the Bible, we can still have those uh, expectations. And uh, if we hold on to those too tightly without really um, considering why we're holding those yeah. and why we would think that our spouse is responsible to fulfill that without any conversation uh, can be very dangerous for a marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're spot on with that. And our our expectations are within us. And 
we blame our spouse for not meeting them when, like you said, we haven't had communication, we haven't even talked about them. And most of the time they're there because of some wounding within us, some iniquity between us and God anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that's what needs to be worked out. Yes. Yeah. I'm just living with some other person who's a sinner and a saint, just like me trying yeah. to figure it out. Like that's yeah. how it works. Yes. Amen. Yes. I, I remember I had a friend in uh, Arkansas many years ago that asked me to come and it's the first time and it's it was the last that nobody's ever asked me to do this before but asked me to come and and preach a sermon at her wedding on the purpose of marriage and i uh i really appreciate what francis schaefer had to say uh, about marriage, and so I based the sermon on on that idea, and 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 here it is. Um, too many people enter marriage thinking that uh, the whole point of marriage is that uh, we're going to be happy, and we're tasked with making the spouse happy. So, whatever that looks like. And Schaefer wrote that the point of marriage, marriage is actually an exercise in sanctification. It's another way that God uses to make us holy. And so if we would approach it that way and we would see our spouse as an opportunity to serve and to to be an imager of, of God, I, I think our marriages would be much more fruitful and certainly much more blessed and holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And I love those words, love that you had the opportunity to say all of that at a wedding. And I have a question for you, if I may. Yes. Um, You know, the scripture talks about a husband's role in marriage and how he's supposed to wash her with the word. Do you mind addressing that? I've, I've, I've heard several explanations that don't make any sense to me and seem to contradict each other. So I'm interested in your perspective about that. So what Kathy and I have done, and and we have done this for years and years, um, is every year we pick out two devotionals that we're going to use, and and we have a, a morning devotion, and we have an evening devotion, and so we we start our day uh, with the Lord with prayer, and then we discuss the principles that that this particular author may have brought out in that devotional and and we do that both both morning and evening and then uh it never fails the lord is so faithful to this is that he he brings um additional scripture to bear upon our life and and so through the day we'll exchange you know what the you know what the lord spoke to me about what we were talking about this morning and he spoke to me. So, so for us, the Lord has developed uh, really a, I don't want to call it a habit, but it's um, it's a time of intimacy with one another and with him. Mm-hmm. And I see that from that passage of uh, just being in the Lord, walking with the Lord, being immersed in his word constantly daily uh, and of course, receiving a jump start both both morning and evening through. And there's a lot of great devotionals out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even written one myself. Um, but that's that's what I that's how I would answer that question, Nina. That's great and super practical. Um, and you don't have to have a hundred percent of the answers. I think that verse is very intimidating for men. Mm. Um, at least that's been the perception I've gathered from you know interacting with people over the years and and then the wife gets controlling and she's like well here do that <laughs> like stop it's <laughs> not, <helpful. laughs> not written yeah. for you honey <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you um yeah there's a lot of uh, uh over the years i i've been a believer for be well almost 41 years now um and I've heard a lot of different opinions on, on uh, you know, the roles of husbands and the roles of wives and um, egalitarian, complementarian. I mean, it just, it just, yeah. it goes on and on and on. Um, and it's, uh, 
I think we're equal partners in this, um, especially in the process of, of sanctification. And um, I think you're, you're spot on with, with the, the emphasis in the book is that, uh, oh, here was something else I want to be sure I bring up, Nina. You said in the book, and this is, um, this is something I think you were, you were relating it in relation to uh, the Love Dare, the, 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 the book and, and, the, and the movie. Um, what was the name of that movie? Fireproof. Fireproof. That's it. Yeah, Fireproof. Um, you are to do this, and, and this, is, this is going to be the challenge, folks, those of you who joined us. Uh, you mentioned that the respect there is that you are to to do this unconditionally. <laughs> now, as soon as I read that, I started I started laughing. I have to admit because I thought, well, right there's right there's the crux of the issue. You 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 are committing to doing it unconditionally. So explain what you mean by that. It should be obvious, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It ties back into what you brought up first around expectations. You know, we spend too much time in our relationships trying to purchase love Mm. or thinking, judging Mm -hmm. because I did this for you. You then should be X, Y, Z. It's judgment. But if I am walking out my relationship with Christ, loving you costs me nothing doing whatever I'm doing because the Lord's leading me to do that. That's my identity. And whether or not you receive it, whether you criticize me for it, whether you praise me for it, that's not why I'm doing it. It's irrelevant. Mm, That's so good. Might be frosting, might develop our relationship better. If you're that kind of spouse, you know, to lovingly receive and appreciate and then reciprocate. Like that's where both people are walking. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's not why, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. Yeah, so do it because it honors the Lord, the yeah. one that that you you profess to love and desire to obey. That's your motivation, and right. of course, there's nothing wrong with, and and I would be surprised if if folks don't pray, Lord. You know, I did, I'm reminded, I did a series of um, uh, short devotionals on husbands pray for your wife. And it, it kind of surprised some of the guys because I shared them with our men's group and, and some other folks. And um, it kind of surprised guys because uh, the point that I hammered on the most was that, guys, you need to pray for your wives so that he'll change you to become what she needs and what she, what he wants you to be for her. <laughs> and, you know, guys are, guys are kind of linear analytical. And so they're thinking, okay, I'm going to get some pointers here on how I'm, how I'm supposed to do this. And it's like, well, you, you, you got to begin with dying to self and you got to love her unconditionally. And um, that, once it once it got some traction, it it guys really you know the light bulb came on, and I thought it was beneficial for them. But um, yeah, un, unconditionally loving or respecting mm-hmm. uh, that that is the challenge, folks. I'm sure somebody has joined us, Nina. That um, they've struggled. If they're not struggling right now, they've struggled in the past. Mm-hmm. The odds are there might be a struggle in the future. And so the the faster that you can grasp um, what Nina is is writing and talking about here, the better equipped you're going to be um, to be pliable in that in that next situation. So for many of us, respect is something that's earned. And I, I have to confess, Nina, I've made that statement in the past that mm-hmm. that respect is earned um and if your spouse you don't think is worthy of it then you don't you don't give it but that's not a recipe for for a good healthy marriage is it it's not and and i want to address 
what's an underlying fear that people have with this whole concept, because there's a difference between respect and trust. Mm-hmm. So say you're married to an alcoholic who blows the checking account every time there's $10 in it, you know? And, and so you're, you're wise to not trust that trust is something that is, is earned. And you're wise to put in some boundaries in your life that protect your family when someone's behaving irresponsibly. Respect means you treat that person as they're precious to God. And you tell an honest truth gracefully. And they're like, you took all the money out of the checking account. It's like, I love you. And I want us to have a great relationship and safety and security for our kids. And when you are going to AA, when you're trying to behave in a way that is honoring in the Lord in this space, I'm happy to trust you in this space with whatever. Right now, I can't buy groceries and feed our children. And because I'm responsible for them, I'm, I've taken some action. And I love you and I want to see you healed in this. What, what we fear as women, because we're um, on average more agreeable than men, is that, okay, no matter what. And I've, I've seen pastors tell wives this, that no matter what he's doing, you just need to submit to it, even if it's sin, because he is the head of your home. Ooh. I know, right? <laughs> I don't see that in the Bible. No, I don't either. Um, I'm not a theologian like you are, but it's good to hear your response to that. Um, because I think you're setting in the long run, it's not good for him, right? That's right. That's right. And it takes a strong woman and a supportive environment to be able to walk through that. Mm-hmm. And what they typically do is this steamroller thing where they're just so derogatory and critical and demeaning to their husbands, disrespectful, which does not encourage him to change. That's right. So you have to walk this beautiful, fine, terrifying line of <laughs> being strong in the Lord and loving, respectful in your communication and, 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 and do that. And it, it's not easy. It really isn't. No, no, it is not. It, it, uh, it's like, um, free falling in the word. It's you're, you're completely trusting the Lord for the outcome. You're being obedient to take the steps that he's instructed you to take. Um, but it can be terrifying. There's, Mm -hmm. there's no question about that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I've seen that several times over the years where, um, and really I, it's, it's a defense mechanism that, that some women will adopt. Um, and, uh, unfortunately it does not lead to the result that they're, that they're seeking. But Mm -hmm. one of the things, friends, you're going to like about this book and, and I'll just read this. This is on page 26 of why this book was written. Um, what you'll find in each chapter is a verse from the Bible followed by a true story. A few questions for you to answer as you accept the dare and then a prayer. This book is written so that the questions can easily be used in, in small groups or without a, a great deal of preparation on your part, as long as you're comfortable with the content and the women's struggles. So uh, I thought that was a, a, a very good format and a way to do, to lay all this out. And, and um, you walk readers through, of course, the first one was um, expectations. And the second one was, uh, well, just it's, it's perfectly suited in the layout. And I'm sure it was intentional, but dare number two is uh, childhood dealing with the things that uh, really form you and your opinions and your outlook and even your, your responses to certain situations. A lot of those are picked up from our childhood, aren't they? Yeah. And a good part of our ministry is helping people see the man you married is not your dad. Yeah. Yeah. And you're putting a filter on his response or lack of, mm-hmm. right? And then allow we facilitate this prayer experience for the people in our courses. And it's a couple times a week and where they listen to the Lord around what happened and then see God's truth to that and then seek confirmation from the word so that they can see who they are 
that they're not the critical words or the lack of affection from their mom or dad or any of the things that, you know, was implanted either by their own sin nature or the enemy as children. But we wander around with these filters and they totally ruin our relationships. Mm -hmm. And so having some healing in that space really, really matters. You know, the book isn't long enough to deeply dive into that. Um, and if, if someone is, you know, strong-willed, domineering and controlling, it's a great book for them. But if they're in a relationship that's slightly abusive or the husband's ag aggressive or something like that, um, anger issues, I don't recommend that they read The Respect Air. Um, that would be the last thing I'd recommend. Uh, it's a book about dying to self. And so it's more geared towards women that are controlling and <laughs> dominating, honestly. Um, and I think there's a need for that in our culture. You know, for those of that are not in that space, we have other things to consider around that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, again, uh, friends, I'm talking with um, author Nina Rosner, The Respect Dare. Thank you, producer. 40 Days to a Deeper Connection with God and Your Husband. And, and talking about that, you you write, and I, uh, I'm not sure what what page it was that I saw this, but, but you're right. There's a connection between uh, a woman and God, her husband and, and her strengths. What, what is that connection, Nina? So every woman on the planet is different just the way that every man is different. We are unique. We have fingerprints. Like he didn't have to do that. He did not have to bless us with the uniqueness of our fingerprints and, and to not look at ourselves and value ourselves and respect ourselves, basically, then what that does is in, it inhibits the potentiality of the relationship. So, and we see this with women all the time. They, they want to avoid conflict because biologically we're wired to know that it's bad for infants. Like the data is all out there. Conflict is terrible for small children, especially, but it's also bad for kids of any age. And so we're more agreeable on average, cross-culturally, worldwide. That's a thing about women. And so we will throw ourselves under the bus very, very naturally. And that's not useful sometimes. Like you can be respectful and diffuse a situation without being run over. And sometimes we women will forget that they have interests and forget to nurture the person that they are. They're not a good friend to themselves and they're exhausted all the time. Like they won't even sleep because they think they have to do everything and what they're doing is way too much. So figuring out all of that in a way that is respectful to how we were created and then bringing that to the relationship. Um, I'm in this incredible, wonderful position. Uh, my husband and I bought a farm this summer and he's, he's letting me live my gifting, which is going to sound kind of silly, but I'm great with animals. So we're, we're raising chickens and <laughs> we just bought a dog. We're another dog because we're going to do some dog breeding and we're going to get some cattle and we're going to, you know, do, and he's letting me just not, not letting me as in, I need his permission, but he's, he's using my gifting in that space to multiply what it is that we we're about here. And I love it so much. And he's he's my biggest fan. Like he, It's so wonderful to partner with him. And the two of our gifting is coming together because we have this relationship. Like he's an engineer by training. He's a genius. And a couple months or a couple weeks ago, our, our chicken run got yeeted up into the air from wind because mm -hmm. of the tarp that was over it. It flipped upside down. I didn't know what to do. And he totally solved that problem. <laughs> it didn't occur to me how to secure it right like and i'm not stupid i'm just not smart in that space i don't and and it took him like five minutes where i would have had to like read a bunch of stuff or whatever so the two of us are coming together and so knowing what your strengths are and then choosing to live in them means you value yourself because you know that god values you at the end of the day it's really about knowing your identity in christ that's what all of this is about. Marriage is a context for that. Yes. That's it. Yes. Amen. Amen. So how how difficult is it, do you think, Nina, when uh, women can identify, they, they know, they demonstrate 
uh, their strengths and their husband might be weak in an area where she is particularly strong. How, from your own experience as a coach and, and um, a teacher, how difficult is it for a woman to try and nurture a man in an area instead of just jumping in there and doing it to get it done? Yeah. So that depends on the woman, right? So a very mature woman will know that short, you know, quick solutions cause long-term problems. Yeah. So it's, it, the slow is always fast relationally. Mm-hmm. It's always faster to be respectful, to listen, to be kind, to ask questions. I, I've worked with a lot of couples always in crisis Domestic violence, separations, divorce filed, you know, those kinds, that's who we work with. Mm. Um, And the men, 100% of the time, like, I'm not lying here, not making this up, 100% of the time, they're good men. They don't know how to interact Mm -hmm. with the stuff in front of them, the pressure their wives puts on them, shuts them down. And so when I get the great privilege of working with, two people at the same time, you know, I can help the woman stop behaving in the way that she is, is demeaning and demotivating and then help the, the man with other men. Cause we do this in groups, find the solution he's looking for through the voices of other men. Like I don't, I don't teach a man how to be a man. I never do that. I don't know how the, I don't have the first clue about that because I'm a chick, <laughs> but I can facilitate an environment where the Lord, the Holy Spirit moves through the lives of other men to encourage them in that. But a wise woman will be satisfied and fulfilled with what the what the Lord is allowing in her life in that moment and not need to have everything Martha Stewart perfect or you know, the right, whatever that means, answers or presentation for her friends. She'll be satisfied in the journey in the space that both she and her husband are in and and humble enough to know that she is not any better and not any different honestly than him like if you're wise and mature you see oh we both have our stuff (laughs) right we have strengths we have opportunities that's what we call weaknesses (laughs) (laughs) well let's um Let's bring up the subject that uh, is probably at the root of a lot of issues um, in marriages. And that's the topic of forgiveness. You, you talk about the importance of, of forgiveness. Um, how, in your, in your experience, how, how difficult is, is it for people, man or woman, to offer genuine forget not just mouth uh, i'm sorry to 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 be able to comprehend uh, the situation and with a heartfelt apology and and forgiveness because that can really change the the certainly the direction of a marriage it can change the temperature of a situation mm-hmm. um how big of a deal is understanding forgiveness you and I both know it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> you ask me a question, you know the answer to it. Ginormous. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I, one of the things that is different about what we do compared to what you know traditional counseling and um, therapy does, which I'm not not knocking, but it fails eighty percent of the time with couples, mm-hmm. because they spend all this time. Um, okay, what's the problem of the week, and then let's. Then that devolves into a conversation about how they always do that. And here's this this history of how they've always done it in this time in 1975 when they did this in front. Like we haven't let go of any of that stuff. There's no point in it. So what we do is forward movement. Like, yeah, that happened. Absolutely. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to validate that that was horrible for you. Absolutely. I do this individually. We don't put those two people together with that mess. We help people manage their pain and heal individually. Mm-hmm. And then we work on the relationship healing, right? Because okay. those are two different things. Yep. But And then the question is, can you forgive them for that? Like, mm-hmm. do you feel like that has been dealt with? And 
and they're like, well, no, he doesn't understand. And it's like, what if he died tomorrow? Are you going to feel like this forever and hold on to this bitterness? Mm -hmm. Because you're rotting your own soul. And what does Jesus tell you to do? And, and by the way, as you look at your life, this is not about what your husband did, you know, with that affair. This is about your relationship with God and what God did for you. Mm -hmm. Is every time you've lied, every time you've had murderous thoughts, you've committed that sin. It's the same thing. Like, but Jesus forgave you. Can you tap into that? Can we pray through that? And we do. And they always do, right? When you, when they get it, and sometimes it takes a minute or three mm -hmm. months, but then there's freedom from that, yes. as you know. And yeah. then, then you can move forward in the relationship because you've stopped holding somebody accountable for doing their best and it was terrible. That's yeah. how that worked. Yes. And by the way, you did that too. And when people see that, it's easier to let go and they don't carry the resentment. And then they're able to do the forward movement thing. Well, how do you want to show up tomorrow? You know, the yeah. next time this happens. That's right. Yeah. So healing has to occur for that to be real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, sometimes that healing comes through pain and, mm -hmm. and um, that's a hard concept, especially in America, uh, American Christianity. Um, God will use painful situations to, to mold us and to shape us. And, yes. and uh, the, the, the faster that we see and understand um, his overall plan and design for life and for marriage, then, then the, the faster we'll be able to move past any particular situation. Um, so we've got a few minutes left and I, and I, so I want to, I want to have your thoughts to our, to our viewers um, about the, the biggest pitfalls to respect the, the, the most difficult challenges facing uh, wives, women who are who are attempting to 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 get this under control and to actually respect their husband. Um, what are some of those biggest obstacles, and and what is your advice for overcoming those? So I think probably the most important one is the one that you mentioned earlier about earning, right? So I don't see my spouse the way that God does. Yeah. That that sin in my life, and I'm just going to call it what it is, because that is sin for me not to view my spouse as, as precious to the Lord as I am to him. And so when I don't do that, I'm going to treat him with disrespect. And that's terrible. That's bad on me. And, and so the question really is, is in my identity, in my character of Christ that I pretend to have within me, am I a respectful person? Does that character of Christ come through me? Am I loving? Am I an agent of his? Is that who I am? Am I a respectful person? Or does my behavior and my character vary depending on who I'm interacting with? And so other people determine who I am. And so the answer to that, the, the Christian, the godly answer to that is no. My yes is yes. My no is no. I follow Jesus. And so I let him determine who I am. And, and, and people, women hear that and they're like, well, that just means I get walked all over. Like they throw, they literally throw up their hands yeah. and they feel like a victim. And it's like, okay, that's only half the equation. You are still precious. And so that means that you have a responsibility as an agent, a, a person that harbors, holds the temple, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if somebody's behaving badly towards you, you get to choose how you're going to interact with that. And, and so a respectful response is if someone is berating you verbally, which is what a lot of wives deal with, and they don't know how to respond respectfully in that, is to say, hey, I, I love you. And I want to take a break from our conversation so we can both go pray and then come back and then interact in a way that is honoring to the Lord. Amen. You say that to a man who's been saying mean things to you, you'll put a whole stop to that. And by the way, back up the conversation a minute because you probably said something mean to him too. <laughs> and then maybe you need to own that and apologize because these things just don't just start most of the time. Mm -hmm. Somebody's participating and feeding that 
adding fuel. And so we have to own that. We have to acknowledge it. We have to humble ourselves and we have to ask for what we need and we have to respect ourselves as a temple of the Holy Spirit as well. So it's not just roll over and die, ladies, you know, <laughs> that's not it. It is, the, and, and I think the same thing applies to men when they're called to love. Like it really is about the same message. It's just different verbs or different words there. Um, but we have the same journey and that is to become more like him. That's right. Yeah. Truth Amen. and grace. Amen. Well, you, you included, and thank you for not dodging this issue. But you, <laughs> you, you include a chapter called initiate. Mm. Now, I, <laughs> you already know this, Yeah. but this is something that and can be a real uh, landmine in counseling. Uh, and it's usually an accusation that's, that's hurled by the man at the wife mm. um, because it's the topic is, is leverage. And, and so I'm not trying to speak cryptically. I'm just kind of setting you up to talk about this topic. <laughs> and the topic, the topic is uh, sexual relations in the marriage. So um, I can only imagine some of the conversations that you've been privy to, because I know what I've heard over the years. But yeah, what did you write about that, Nina? <laughs> well, what I wrote and what I've heard are two different things. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, you know, and, and the issues become more complicated because you have pornography addictions, you have all sorts of, on both sides of the bedroom, like yes. both sides of that bed. Um, now, now women are doing this. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, what a mess, right? It so is. The sexual relationship that we have is just the beautiful consummation of what God's created. And boy, is that a scary place for women. Mm-hmm. And can be a scary place for men, too, because of rejection. Like, it's just, it's a mess. But it's reflective of what's actually happening in the marriage. Yeah. And so, are you dying to self in that space, regardless of your gender? Right? Um, or are you holding, you know, a heavy uh, instrument over your head saying, well, the well, Bible says you can't deny me. And she's like, well, you can't deny me either. either but I don't, I have. I have a migraine. So is that the kind of husband you are right now? Like, <laughs> are we going to argue about this? Are we going to talk respectfully? Mm -hmm. you know, it is absolutely no different. And this is the thing that people think they have sex issues. People think they have financial issues. People think they have, you know, all sorts of relational issues. And it, it really comes down to what is your relationship with God about? Are you submitting to the father? Are you asking him in, in a moment-to-moment -moment basis, what do, what do we want me to do here? Is my body my own? Then women are like, so I just have to roll over. And it's like, well, who do you belong to? You know, because if you're healed, this doesn't bother you. He's got more drive than you do if he's healthy. If he's not using pornography, he has 10 times more testosterone than you do. And and yeah, he needs to learn some self-control because I've had clients that Husbands want an open marriage because they their oh. wives won't have sex more than three times a day. No, it, I know, right? Wow, I I know. Yeah, and then you have the other side of that where it's like he doesn't want anything because he's you know using pornography, and then most of the women could care less about sex because we're not wired the way you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. have as much testosterone. It's like yeah, I could take it or leave it. But mm -hmm. once we start, we love it. Yeah. If if. I mean, in general, right? Unless there's some sort of damage that's been done. Yeah. So it's an opportunity to walk out your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. It really is. How how do you love? How do you respect this person in that context? What does God have for you to do? What work do you have to do to overcome your sexual history? The things that have happened to you. They're showing up in the now. It's just another opportunity for connection yeah. with the Lord and with your spouse and yourself the relationship with yourself. Yeah. Great, great response. Thank you for that. So we'll, we'll end our conversation with this. And again, friends, we are talking with author Nina Rosner. The book is The Respect Dare, 40 Days to a Deeper Connection with God and Your Husband, um, available at all booksellers, major booksellers. Uh, you can get it there. You can get it on the Greater Impact website. Thank you, producer. It's available there. Um, 
what advice because uh the odds are whether in the live studio audience or watching us in the comfort of their home online or maybe they're they're gonna they're gonna listen to this conversation uh, a week down the road, whatever the case might be, the odds are that there's a a wife, a mother, a woman that's very frustrated, um, bored, and just tired of a marriage that really doesn't seem to be going anywhere. What what would you offer to them? I would say don't give up the tears you've cried the lord's collected in a bottle they're precious to him and i want to offer hope yes. we have seen 98 percent of the people we work with find joy by sticking with it Amen. people go get divorced and think and this is the time of year where they do that right divorce mondays the first monday after january 1st um, they're so tired of being around their spouse for the yeah. holidays, you know, they go file. Well, the problem is you're still going to see them. You're, you don't escape anything and you're missing an opportunity. Well, I've done this. I've read that. I've, you know, we did counseling. Well, ca counseling fails most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I want to offer hope. And if I could, um, we have a free resource on our website, greaterimpact.org. It's just, it's a little PDF called five tools to stop walking on eggshells. And it's, you know, if you grab that thing, we'll send you emails uh, that'll encourage you. Things that you, we have a free little e-course that you can participate in that helps you deal with these things, especially if you're female, because women are the ones that start the process of, I'm done here. Yeah. You know, they go see the lawyers when they've had enough. And I'm so, I, I just want to tell you, you haven't done this. I have not tried this. And we see amazing success. So hang in there. Don't quit. Reach out. We're here for you. Amen. Amen. Nina, thank you very much. I think that was a great overview of, of the book, The Respect There, greaterimpact.org, where you can find the book elsewhere. Free resources there on the website as well. So I, I echo and say amen to that. Don't give up. Don't give up. There's hope. And uh, I appreciate that, Nina. Thank you so much for joining us again here on WCN-TV. Thank you for having me. It's been a blessing. Amen. Our pleasure. Friends, that's all we have for you in this edition of Wisconsin Christian News TV. Please share this on your platforms and with your friends. And surely you know someone who would benefit from a conversation, an honest conversation, an assessment of marriage today in America. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Mm -hmm.